Welcome into Opportunity Detroit. Hi, this is Paul W. Smith. We'll welcome Ken Harris and Reggie Kelly, principals of Detroit Popcorn Company. Also checking in with husband and wife team Michael and Blagitza Botoliero from Bottles Nation and find out what that's all about. They've got some special things coming up regarding St. Patrick's Day. And finally, Ned Stabler, president and CEO of Tech Town. First up on Opportunity Detroit, one of my favorite topics, food. Well, you know that by now, but this is even a favorite food out of my favorite topic, food. This is about popcorn and a company built on popcorn. Let me tell you about Ken Harris, born and raised in Washington, D.C., more than 25 years experience in financial and business consulting under his belt, with a bachelor's degree in accounting from St. Francis University in Pennsylvania, international finance training at Trinity College in Dublin, Ireland, and an MBA from Michigan State University. It's probably the MBA that helps him with the popcorn the most. Uh, Ken, nice to have you on the program, and uh, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Paul. How are you? I am excellent. And his partner... A principal ownership uh, held by these two gentlemen for the Detroit Popcorn Company uh, is Reggie Kelly. Reggie, born and uh, raised in Canton, Ohio, before settling into Metro Detroit. Bachelor's degree at Baldwin-Wallace College, attended Ohio University's Executive MBA course, along with Executive Minority Program at Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College. I'm uh, welcome uh, to you as well, Reggie. And I'm looking hard to see where in your background popcorn fits in. Well, it's, it's interesting you mentioned that, Paul, because uh, I was reminded by a teammate of mine from, from college that uh, we used to uh, sell popcorn uh, at the uh, gymnasium during special events. So well, he, there you are. <laughs> yeah, so he reminded me that, that uh, popcorn must be in my blood somewhere. Well, good for you. The Detroit Popcorn Company is a lot older than both of you put together. Uh, since 1923, the Detroit Popcorn Company has been catering to the needs uh, of customers through the professional services, the sales, the rentals, the leases, placement programs, and all of that. And uh, it became very important to you to become the owners of of the Detroit Popcorn Company for a variety of reasons. Let's talk a little bit about that. When when did you purchase the Detroit Popcorn Company? I'll go with, uh, to make it easy, I'll go with you first, Ken. Well, Paul, uh, we, we were blessed to have the opportunity come before us uh, back around April and May of 2020. And then we went uh, to contract with the previous owner and then move forward to closing and officially uh, taking the key, so to speak, uh, in November of 2020. And we're we're uh, about 90 days into the to the ownership of this legacy and wonderful company. I have to just be honest with you. It is absolutely a wonderful business and company to be involved with. I'm very blessed and honored. Well, since 1923, it's got a great history. Uh, along the way. It was in the news uh, some time ago with some controversy and whatever else these things happen. Uh, That has nothing to do with you two guys, Ken Harris and Reggie Kelly, the principals, the owners of Detroit Popcorn Company. And and let me ask you, let me ask you, Reggie, um, what 
what kind of products? I know popcorn is is very important, but certainly you you are involved in much more than popcorn. Uh, most definitely, Paul. Um, again, the business originally started, I believe, as a concession uh, business, you know, providing a variety of uh, different products and services, you know, for you know a variety of, of different industries. And I believe it evolved uh, to the uh, providing popcorn as as one of the mainstays, uh, as as well as providing uh, products you know, for slush machines, uh, as as well as um, um, snow cone, uh, et cetera. And so again, it, it, the business kind of evolved over over the you know past 98 years, you know, to where you know we we provide a variety of different services to quite frankly, a variety of different customers and, and industries. You know, so as, as Ken alluded to, it's really a very fun business. And popcorn, yes, it's a Detroit popcorn, but of course we offer much more than just popcorn. And you and you you deliver to the to the big players, the big businesses. I'm I don't know if you serve uh, Imagine Theaters or not, but say Imagine Theaters, they need the popcorn uh, machines. They need the products. They need the supplies. That's the end of your business that you're in, and that's where uh, Reggie Kelly and Ken Harris, your business degrees, come into play, right, Ken? Oh, absolutely. The the I, I mean, I never thought I would be where where in this particular venue of of business, but I will say this: the studies and application of what I went to school for is very much now coming to play in the fold of doing the various things that we're doing now. And a lot of times what happens is you go to school, you study all these different uh, uh, avenues of uh, subjects, and you never use them. Well, that's not the case here for us, Paul. We are using every single bit of it, and it's very cool. Are there any uh, surprises, Reggie, that you and Ken have come upon that you never would have expected running this uh, Detroit Popcorn Company? Well, I think the biggest surprise, and, and, and I'm sure uh, it's indicative across the, uh, the country, was you know, because of the pandemic. It, it really uh, impacted you know, the, the total industry, uh, irrespective of what industry you might, in, might, might be in. And, and one of the things that w- was surprising to us, both Ken and myself, was the fact that there was a, a shortage of, of packaging, of paper for boxes. So, so as a consequence, uh, you know, it, it was very challenging for us uh, inheriting, you know, the, the company as, as we did. That we found ourselves, you know, scrambling for uh, materials that you would not have thought would be a problem, particularly because of the pandemic. And 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 as Ken alluded to, with our background and understanding the dynamics of business. You would have thought that there would be plenty of inventory sending in, you know, various suppliers, you know, um, warehouses. But unfortunately, that was not the case. Boy, is that the truth? And boy, did a lot of people uh, discover that. And it caused uh, businesses to cease operations, which is sad and unfortunate. Uh, And and including, I'm sure, some of the people that, that Detroit Popcorn Company over the years since well, since 1923, probably serviced, and those some of those companies have gone away and sadly won't be back. Do you serve uh, regionally in Metro Detroit alone, or are you uh, dealing uh, nationwide at this point, Ken? 
Well, our objective is to go national, uh, Paul, to be very honest with you. But we have fallen into a interesting market. We have actually sent product to Australia already and received wow. video back from the families. Uh, and they're shouting in glee. We, uh, we have distributed to California, uh, Florida, and pretty much all the states. And uh, I even sent some popcorn to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So we are, we're expanding before we're expanding, if you will. But we're getting our name out. We're overhauled our website, and we're moving forward to, to, to slowly expand on a national basis. But we want to take our time and make sure we do what we need to do here in the home base before we, we uh, take that, that particular challenge on. So DetroitPopcorn.com, DetroitPopcorn.com is where people can find more information. And then from what I'm hearing from Ken, Reggie, uh, you, in fact, not only have the equipment, you really have the popcorn as well. That's correct, uh, Paul. We, we have the, the ability uh, to produce a variety of different products, uh, uh, not only uh, um, popcorn, but flavors, you know, for slush uh, uh, machines. Um, also, uh, we have the ability to uh, do nuts, uh, chocolate-covered nuts. We have the ability to do chocolate-covered um, pretzels. So, again, we, we are really, when you look at our, our business model or look at the business, uh, we're, we're more than just popcorn. Yeah, it sounds like a lot more than just popcorn. Now, how different uh, is running this business from some of your other ventures? Because I know you guys are successful businessmen, and and I'm just wondering how different uh, this is. Uh, or maybe it's the same, just a different uh, product. Uh, Reggie? Well, yeah, the, the, dynamics, the, the, the dynamics of business, uh, as Ken kind of alluded to in, in terms of our, our, our background and our study, is, is the same uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, you know, manufacturing is manufacturing, and it's just the different aspects of, of the products that you may be producing. The, the logistics portion of, of, of moving product uh, from production, uh, you know, to to um, uh, to the end customer, uh, the dynamics are basically the same. And again, it's just the nature of the product that you may be you may be moving. You know, uh, unfortunately, a lot of people don't necessarily understand that, but but again, the basic principles are the same. All right, and and Ken, uh, are you reaching out and uh, engaging the community? Is that a part of your plan? Oh, absolutely. What I have done is uh, we have been so blessed because I have a great deal of relationship with some of these movers and shakers previously from the Detroit Athletic Club, which I have been a member of for for a few years, so to speak. And uh, I, I already have the ability to uh, access them by phone, letter, or email. And so I have been able to go back and, and, and enter into uh, contractual relationships that were severed at the point in time of the unfortunate situation with the previous owner. And so we, we're proud to say that we're forming an alliance and partnership with the Detroit Public Schools Foundation, Ms. Pam Moore, and we'll be uh, announcing that very soon. We're also forming a, a partnership with the Detroit Zoological Society again. And so I'm looking very much forward to doing that. 
Well, that's what we're doing on the program today. We're we're looking forward, not backwards. We alluded to the earlier problem. People can look it up if it's real important to them. The fact is now, these two gentlemen have taken the opportunity to move forward, and we're helping them move forward. If you uh, you need a complete concession stand, a popcorn machine for your showroom or home, a truckload of snack foods or service of your equipment, uh, the Detroit Popcorn Company is here to help. A one-stop, if you will, one-stop fun shop uh, for food. One-stop fun food shop, I guess is the way to put it. You can find them at DetroitPopcorn.com, DetroitPopcorn.com. Uh, Reggie Kelly, how long have you and Ken Harris been working together on projects? Uh, well, we started uh, about a, actually about two years ago looking at uh, another uh, acquisition. And, and uh, when this came about, uh, Paul, uh, I, I, I indicated or said to Ken that this is probably a much better opportunity for us because it was local uh, versus the other opportunity we were looking at. Uh, in quite frankly, in the apparel business that was was based out of Georgia, so we just both Ken and I uh, mutually agree that this was a fantastic opportunity, not not only because it, because of the history of the company, but also because of the opportunity that that we see in, in being a very very significant corporate partner and and working with other operations that that are looking to try to raise funds you know for their various nonprofits. Well, good for you. You used the right word, opportunity, the right word for this program. Ken Harris, Reggie Kelly, principals of Detroit Popcorn Company. You can go to DetroitPopcorn.com. Uh, well done taking advantage of your opportunities, and we appreciate it. Good luck to you, gentlemen. And if you ever have an overage of popcorn, you know where to send it. Okay, we'll, well, we'll, drop, some off. we'll drop some off to you, Paul. Complimentary. <laughs> oh, music. Music to my ears. Free food. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you, well, Thank you gentlemen. Right. Thank you so much. Ken Harris, Reggie Kelly, Detroit Popcorn Company, DetroitPopcorn.com. Now talk about opportunity, Detroit. Well, of course, we are right here on WJR. Next up on Opportunity Detroit, an interesting couple who come to us as the co-founders of Bottles Nation. I don't I don't know what that is, but I'm about to find out from Michael Botoliero, who grew up in a traditional Italian-American household on the south side of Chicago with earliest memories of wine involving a bottle of Chianti on the family table. After high school, Michael had an eight-year career in the U.S. Navy. Thank you for your service. Three in active service, five years as a reservist. Welcome to Opportunity Detroit, Michael. Hey, thank you for having us. We also have Michael's partner, uh, proud to be among the women who helped build the web, a child of parents who immigrated in the 60s, naturally inquisitive and passionate, two traits which have served her well as she's explored and become an expert in the digital space. If you give her a computer in a couple of hours, she can, she can and will figure everything out. I could use her and her services. <laughs> Uh, and uh, this is all the while, from what I'm told, blasting 90s music in her headphones, she being Blagitza Botoliero. Hi, Bla- Hi Paul. Hi, Blagitza. And I'm going to guess you're not brother and sister. I'm going to guess your husband and wife. <laughs> that is we correct. are. You never know anymore. <laughs> you never know. All right. Well, I'm glad to have you both here. 
And I really would like to know what Bottles Nation is, just as a beginning. What is it? What does it do? And uh, who feels like going first? Uh, nice. I'll take this one. Uh, Michael, so Bottles Nation. Right. Yes. Um, Bottles Nation is all about celebrating uh, things in a bottle. Uh, it's meant for friends, family, coworkers, and recently we've been bringing everyone together for private virtual tasting events, uh, wine, whiskey, beer, and cocktails. Anything that goes in a bottle, and you are doing, uh, even in these pandemic times, safe little tastings, I guess, private little tastings. Yes, uh, so we went 100% virtual, and uh, I... We, we decided to make this move. I've, we've had this business going for uh, over 10 years, and most of that was, fa- all, almost all of it was face-to-face. Uh, of course, the pandemic hit and things kind of changed. Well, how has it changed? I was, I, I, well, yeah, go ahead, uh, Blagitsa. Yes, yeah, so um, I was consulting at the time, so I ran a digital consultancy for quite some time, and actually Bottles Nation was in a way a client. And when the pandemic hit, all of you know, Michael's events and client events stopped, and a lot of my client work was also in limbo. And so we thought, okay, what can we do? What should we do? And we looked at the possibility of converting Bottles Nation into a virtual company. But having come, kind of you know, grown up post-college in the startup tech scene in Chicago, I knew, okay, we have to go head down with this and I have to put all the focus on it. So I applied for a very small PPP loan through the consultancy. And that was able to come through. And during that time, I just buried myself in our home office and I built the virtual background and mechanism to convert Bottles Nation from what was a really successful in-person nationwide type of activity virtually. And uh, since last spring, summer, we've been at the races and I officially came on as co-founder. I stopped consulting and have been working with the business full on 100%. How did how did moving your business to the city of Detroit uh, add to the equation? Oh, that's a great great one. So as you know and mentioned, Michael and I are hitched. He is my husband, and I love him dearly. We have been coming to Detroit back and forth um, from Chicago since we've been together. Um, I moved to Chicago after college, so we were coming home quite a bit to see all my family. It's still here. My sister and my parents are here. High school friends are here. So we've kind of been you know multi city folks, if you will. And around that time, we just always kept track of the amazing food and beverage industry that's been popping out of Detroit. You know, I am an auto baby. Um, I interned for GM, and I worked in some capacity. I worked with Corvette Quarterly, and I worked at McCann Erickson, all about cars growing up when I was in college. And we were both so um, set back and surprised over the years with how the food and beverage scene was really coming on up. And as we contemplated a move with the pandemic, to be closer to family, it was actually Michael who uh, who had thought about changing things up and moving to Detroit. And yes, so uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I'm just I'm glad you started. Go ahead. Oh yeah, so me being a Chicago born and raised guy, um, and coming to Detroit, uh, I just saw so much activity happening here. It reminded me of Chicago just a few years back with the food scene, with the beverage scene, uh, with the tech scene. And uh, just being closer to family and being involved with all of this now, it seemed like just a natural fit for Bottles Nation. And, the, and I understand that the company has experienced tremendous growth since converting to online mm-hmm. events. But, but uh, I'll, I'll go with you, uh, Blagate. So how do, how do you do online events that, that entail 
wine tastings and parties and all of that. We have it down to a science, Paul. Let me tell you, we are so proud of the processes we built. So depending on what you choose to partake in, and by the way, um, for folks listening, it's also mocktails. So if you're not, you know, if you don't drink alcohol, you can still partake in a Bottles Nation event. We send out what's called mocktails. When you book on our website, you pick your date and time, and we actually get the goods shipped right to the guest's home. We're able to work with our partners to get the wine, craft beer, cocktails sent to the home. And um, there's a certain date and time where we send a Zoom link, or if the client has another type of streaming link, that's fine too. And they hop on with one of our amazing, amazing experts, a sommelier for wine, Cicerone for craft beer, um, a mixologist for cocktails. And it's about an hour. The events run an hour, and we walk you through the different types and styles of the grapes or the styles of the beer. And if folks are you know, curious, we actually have a great video on the site that gives you a sneak peek into what does a tasting look like. And it's an interactive two-week conversation. It's not a lecture. This isn't a college hall. It is a fun way to connect with family and friends and coworkers virtually during this time. It sounds, it, it sounds, I'm making this, I'm simplifying, it sounds like one-stop safe partying. It is indeed, to be <laughs> honest. You know, no one needs to drive, and we bring it to you, and uh, we track it for you as well. We let you know what's going on with the shipment. It's really a, a one-stop shop. But we also know, and, you know, God willing, you know, things are going to change this summer uh, with the, the pandemic, and we can be out and about again. And uh, we will continue doing the virtual component of the business, but we do plan on having our experts, um, all the experts Michael vetted and chose who are on the team, we will work to enable folks to be in person again. So we'll so, be able to send out experts to your home. So does that, but that, okay, so it's the plan, at least right now, is mm-hmm. not for people to be actually coming to your headquarters uh, inside Bamboo, Detroit, at 1420 Washington Boulevard. Correct. It, that, correct. That, that, that okay. is correct. Okay. So I, I just but wondered you can wave. about that. You can wave from the street, and we'll say hello. We're there. You can say hello to us. <laughs> There's no events. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. Uh, all right. Now, I have to say, uh, Blagitsa, you uh, just educated me. I love learning new things, and maybe I'm the last person to uh, just learn this. I certainly know of sommeliers. I am very aware. I'm certainly aware of mixologists. Probably I heard that longer ago when that's what the fancy name for bartenders, mixologists. I have never heard the the term Cicerones regarding apparently their expertise in craft beer, Michael? Yes, uh, this is something that's uh, kind of more recent than sommeliers. But these are the sommeliers of beer. These are people who can tell you exactly how beer is made from start to finish. Uh, everything about the differences between draft beer to canned beer to bottled beer and every single style therein. We have uh, ex Cicerones, uh, advanced Cicerones on the team who have tried basically every single beer that's out there on the shelf. Wow, that's fascinating. Well, I, uh, we, here we have uh, St. Patrick's Day coming up. We'll have our WJR. Paul W. Smith annual St. Patrick's Day party, it will be virtual. And a lot of people will be having virtual St. Patrick's Day parties. And I understand you have a big virtual event for St. Patrick's Day uh, coming up. Can you tell us more about it, Blagitsa? Of course. So on March 17th, we will be having our two, one of our, two of our Cicerones, uh, Dan and Bo, walking guests through six different types of Irish beer. 
And um, consumers have the opportunity to participate in one of two ways. You can have us get the beer to your home, so we can send the beer to your house, or we can do BYO beer, bring your own beer, and you can still participate in the event. It's on the 17th from 7 to 8.30, and the guys will walk you through different styles of Irish beer, how it's made, what makes it different, and it is a public event. Uh, there's a link on the website um, that you can click on, the St. Patrick's Day event, and of course, you know anyone can participate. Uh, I will say ladies' craft beer is not just for men. Uh, there are plenty of ladies who enjoy beer, and we're really excited to have this is our second public event. The first one we did was last month for Galentine's Day, celebrating friendship. And this is our way to enable folks to come to a Bottles Nation event if you're not having, you know, a corporate, private party organized for you or a birthday party. You can still get a vibe and a feel for what we do from a public standpoint. What a great uh, idea and what a great way to give this company uh, a shot. I mean, really, uh, going to BottlesNation.com or Bottles Nation on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, a way to have a one-stop safe St. Patrick's Day party and have somebody who's going to basically host it virtually for you or come to you if you prefer, but virtually, and uh, and and you learn a lot. I'm sure that your, your, your Cicerones um, and, uh, and the people involved, if you're doing wine and the sommeliers, will be able to teach people a lot. So it'll be an extra fun occasion for St. Patrick's Day, not just drinking green beer and, and other stuff. <laughs> that is true. So, uh, yeah, uh, green beer can be fun, uh, but we've got a lot more serious stuff that we're sending to people's homes. Uh, Dan and Bo are very uh, charming hosts, and they're gonna, everyone that joins us is going to have a lot of fun, guaranteed, and get a lot of information. They can ask questions, uh, interact with other people that they don't even know or have never met before, or just tell their friends, hey, join in with me on this. Well, it sounds like an excellent idea. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled for you. I'm glad you're basing yourself inside Bamboo, Detroit at 1420 Washington Boulevard, but you're reaching out to people uh, online. You've got an online expert in Blagitsa uh, and an expert in the other areas uh, with Michael. They are, yes, indeed, a uh, happily hitched, I think as you put it, uh, Blagitsa, uh, that you're happily hitched and uh, working together on this program. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add before we let you go? Sure, just a few things. You know, we are exclusively doing just virtual events for the next few months, so there won't be an in-person option until, you know, months from now. I, I should and have said you, they, that you will send the beer or spirits if needed. I, I should have yes. made that clear. No worries. Okay. Um, and the last thing, you know, grapes, wine, wine is made from grapes. And we do have different events that we run, but what we take pride in is, you know, the, the depth of knowledge of the staff Michael picked and chose. But at the same time, wine is something that is for everyone who wants to enjoy it. You know, 97 to 98% of the wine purchased in the United States is around that $14, $15 price point. But many folks don't realize what wines to pick. You know, I call it the, the wall of wine when I go to Kroger or the grocery store. There's so many to choose from. And part of what we do with Bottles Nation is to educate the public and let folks not be so intimidated by wine. It's been, it's been around for thousands of years. It is from a grape. It's a lovely thing, and we don't want folks to think that it's not for them. There's many price points, many ways to enjoy it, and at Bottles Nation, we aim to help you understand it better and add something to your daily home collection. Nicely put and a nice wrap-up. 
Uh, you go to BottlesNation.com. You can follow them at BottlesNation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, why not uh, Why not start with their St. Patrick's Day party? Go online, BottlesNation.com, get all the details. And thank you to Michael and Blagitza Botoliero for uh, being the co-founders of Bottles Nation, for choosing Detroit, and for letting us know all about it on Opportunity Detroit. Thank you, Michael and Blagitza. Thank you. It was a thank pleasure. You, thank you for having us. It's our pleasure learning about uh, Bottles Nation on WJR. Our final guest on Opportunity Detroit has lived a dream that I probably will never, well, never say never, but he lived in London for a few years. I always thought that would be the coolest thing, living in London. We're going to find out if it was with Ned Stabler, who's vice president for economic development at Wayne State University, also president and CEO of TechTown. Detroit's most established business incubator and accelerator. He leads both organizations' efforts to strengthen this great city of Detroit and the region's neighborhoods, businesses, and leaders, overseeing a range of activities around innovation and entrepreneurship, business development and attraction, talent retention, transit and mobility, and placemaking. Ned, it's a pleasure to have you on Opportunity Detroit, and you already I, I already gave away my first question. Was it really cool living in London, England for a few years? I tell you, we gotta get you some better dreams if that's your uh if that's that's the big one. <laughs> that's not uh, my only dream. I'm just saying you lived one of them. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um London London is a very nice city. It's a it's a it's a big city, um, you know, with all of the, the benefits of a big city, but also all of the uh the detriments as well. You know, it's expensive and, and uh complicated to get around and uh all of that. But yes, it is a it's a lovely place uh to live for a few years. I was there for five uh and and, and uh, uh during and after September eleventh. So it yeah. was a it was a tough time to be away from home. Uh, in a tough time to be abroad as an American. So I used to say, and I'm sure I'd feel differently now, but I was young and coming from a small town, Monroe, Michigan, which I love. I love the grass, the trees, having a car, all of that. And then finding myself, I used to say I was sentenced to New York City for five years. Now, that's not against New York City, but I still find New York City a fabulous place to visit, a much more challenging place to live. And it kind of sounds like you feel that way about London. Pretty much. Uh, my favorite part about living in London was the ability to travel from it. You, you, you know, in, in an hour or two, you could be all over Europe and in, in fun and exciting places or in the countryside of England. London itself is, like I said, uh, it's, it's a nice place to visit. I think you're, you're spot on. I'll, I'll note that it's been 15, 16 years since we came back from London, and we haven't been back to visit yet. So I think that's oh my. That does say something interesting. All right. Well, now you're here in Detroit, and we're glad that we have you. Uh, as the Vice President for Economic Development at Wayne State University and as President and CEO of TechTown. Why don't you tell our WJR Opportunity Detroit listeners about TechTown and the, the variety of programs that you have to support tech startups and small businesses and such? Absolutely. So I think it's important for everyone to know that, that TechTown, um, which is over 15 years old now, has been helping literally thousands of small businesses over the years. And it's uh, not just businesses that you techn- uh, you traditionally would think of as technology, but of course we do help those through our programs like Start Studio and our incubator program and our new program called Steep, which is a, a STEM entrepreneurial excellence program really targeted uh, at uh, uh, 
uh, women uh, of color in STEM fields. But we also help, uh, you know, Main Street businesses as well. So with our retail boot camp program and 313 Strong and all of our retail services. So we help really any kind of business, whether it's to start, uh, to get that capital you need, or the technical assistance to help you grow your business and take it to the next level. So you've helped a lot of people in these years uh, that you have existed. Um, and I presume that you help these companies uh, create success and therefore create jobs. Absolutely. I mean, jobs are a big part of it. And when we talk about our numbers, we're really conservative how we, we estimate those. So, you know, in the last 10 years or so, we've, we, we claim to have served more than 2,700 companies. But the reality is, uh, you know, we've touched many, many more than that. I mean, just last year in COVID, uh, we helped give grants out to 700 uh, uh, companies. But those 2,700 that we talk about are, are ones that we've had real engaged uh, you know, arrangements with or that we're really spending three to six months of hands-on time with, not just folks who showed up at an event or went through a program. So um, uh, jobs are a key part of it, but also it's about breaking cycles of intergenerational poverty. It's about uh, generating wealth in communities that it's often been difficult to do that in. And really, it's about helping people realize their entrepreneurial dreams uh, to, to build a better life for them and their families. How did you have to uh, pivot, uh, Ned? Um, we've got Ned uh, Stabler, president and CEO of TechTown, among other things. But how did TechTown pivot during COVID to support entrepreneurs? Well, we were we were prepared for COVID, so we saw it coming uh, from across the world. We were, we were really looking at Italy and Spain, and we saw that there really wasn't going to be a national response here. So we knew what was going to happen, and and so that first week in in March, the last week in February, we had already designed a plan uh, for our tenants and members in our 130,000 square foot. Uh, lab and office and co-working facility to our clients that we were serving and our uh, our employees. So we really had a, a plan in in place. But of course, even the best laid plans, uh, uh, COVID, <laughs> COVID, COVID strained those as well. So we sure. really quickly went through phase one, phase two, and phase three of our plan in the course of about a week. And then we realized that our clients who, you know, when you go, uh, when you look at small businesses across this country and, and, um, 40 some percent of them, 47% of them have less than two weeks of operating cash on hand. And you go into black neighborhoods and Hispanic neighborhoods and that number jumps over 90%. We knew our clients were going to be out of cash quickly. Uh, so we, we did exactly, uh, uh, what we could to fix that specific problem was over the course of about three or four days, we raised about $600,000 and help distribute it to about 300 businesses uh, across the city of Detroit. And then in the next couple of weeks, we, we raised another $600,000 and distributed that to about 350 more businesses. So we ended up helping close to 700 businesses uh, with about $1.2 million worth of cash, uh, really to sort of help them keep them going in those first couple of months until the PPP and the state and MEDC and DGC uh, could get their programs up and going. Sure, and, and more money on the way, as we understand it. You can uh, get more information at techtowndetroit.org. I don't want to forget to give you that, techtowndetroit.org. And uh, maybe because you know and because you're doing it, Ned Stabler, uh, tell me about some of the ways uh, to help increase diversity, equity, inclusion in the tech space and in the greater entrepreneurial sphere. So we think that's really important. We think Detroit and Michigan in general has a, a ton of hidden talent. 
Um, you know, frequently we talk about talent and we think of folks with a college degree, you know, 25 year old white kids wearing hoodies with earbuds in, you know, typing away doing tech. Um, and, and the reality is we have a, a ton of, of talent that, that is uh, constrained and has these obstacles. So we did a lot of work to say, okay, um, why aren't women, why aren't people of color coming to a lot of the acceleration programs in Detroit? And it, it came down to things like uh, transportation, uh, that some things like they were offering these programs during the day, but a lot of our folks have jobs. Uh, child care is a huge one. So we, we started removing those obstacles, uh, allowing free parking, telling you to bring your kids, creating childcare opportunities, doing things nights and weekends, removing educational barriers. And sure enough, our first cohort of Start Studio a couple of years ago was uh, uh, 60% women, 90% people of color. Everybody had a job. Um, lots of people had kids. One woman had a part-time job, a tech idea, and 10 kids, but no <laughs> college degree. Wow. Now, but she wouldn't count as talent, according to most of the traditional metrics. But you tell me she's not talented? <laughs> oh boy. I'd hire her to run, run just about anything. Yeah, that's a lot of juggling. Uh, but we're going to run out of time, so I want to give you a chance. You've written some opinion pieces recently about how Michigan has been approaching economic development all wrong. Could you sum up what you would do, how you would approach it differently? Yeah, to sum it up, we need to start treating people better than we treat businesses. We make all these programs available to help businesses, hoping that those will trickle down into jobs. But the reality is um, those jobs that are getting created now, and, and even before COVID, we had really record low unemployment, but they don't pay very well. Um, you know, and those jobs are, there's so many jobs out there, people have to have two or three just to pay the bills. We had uh, 43% of Michigan households, uh, even those with jobs, couldn't pay their basic expenses before COVID. Now we know that number is obviously much, much higher. So we need to flip the script. We need to start, uh, in, you know, investing in our talent and our human capital and our entrepreneurs so that uh, those folks uh, can actually create uh, the quality of life that will attract the next Amazon and the next uh, big company as well. It has the added advantage of being both a retention strategy for our own talent, a development strategy for our talent, and an attraction uh, strategy. Well put. Ned Stabler, president and CEO of TechTown, techtowndetroit.org. Thanks to our other guests, Michael and Blagitza, Bodo Liere, Liero, that should be, co-founders of Bottles Nation, and Ken Harris and Reggie Kelly, principals of Detroit Popcorn Company. And thank you for joining us on Opportunity Detroit. I hope you'll join me during the week, Monday through Friday, from 5.30 till 9, here on WJR. Go on out and make it a great rest of the day or night, and we'll look for you on the next broadcast. Regards, Paul W. Smith.